Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm Ed Clementi, your host, and today we're fortunate to have former Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly, President CEO for the SBAM Small Business Association in Michigan, and a friend of mine when we served together in the legislature. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Ed. Great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Well, I mean, you've done great things your whole career, and uh, it's nice to have seen, you know, how you've done a lot of advancements, and but. SBAM is really fascinating to me because I think you might remember I used to be the president of a chamber of commerce, too. So we used to work with SBAM quite a bit when I was at my chamber, too. Yeah, it's a great organization. The Small Business Association of Michigan, not to be confused with the Small Business Administration of the United States federal government. <laughs> right. Right? It's a, Sounds like you've sector. had some confusion there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we get some calls for them sometimes. It's a, yeah, but it's a private sector association, but it's, it's pretty unique. It's just for small business. You can't join it unless you're small. And that is a, um, it, it's really meant to zero in on the, uh, on the interests and services and uh, advocacy for second stage businesses. And uh, really, if you look at the, at the, uh, the ecosystem of the, our economy across Michigan, it is the economic infrastructure is in most communities is largely built on small businesses, entrepreneurs, and they make all kinds of exciting things happen, responsible for about half of the jobs in, uh, in our state and a lot of innovation and just creating opportunity across the board. So it's a, it's a wonderful organization, serves about 31,000 members, and they're in every industry you can think of. Probably a lot of industries you never thought of, and and also spread across literally all eighty three counties in Michigan. Yeah, I, I would imagine too that with um, thirty thousand members, I would imagine you must be hopping all the time to probably go to everywhere you go. You probably run into one of your members. It seems like all over the state. We you know it's important for us to be on the ground. While we're uh, an unusually large small business association, the largest state based small business association in, in America by a lot. Oh wow! The um, it's still important for us to be present and and um, like on the ground with people, and so we do find ourselves on the road quite a bit. Myself and the team, and spending time with uh, with our members, whether we're talking about energy efficiency or uh, different changes in government policy, it might be compliance education, could be best practices. Uh, peer-to-peer learning, love the peer learning stuff where you put business owners together and just magic happens. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that we do in the association, in addition to the, you know, the insurance suite of insurance benefits and, you know, trying to to create a, 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 um, a pathway where a small business can offer a, a benefit package to a, to their employees that feels every bit as professional and robust as a big business would offer. When you're, when you, Think about the talent war out there and the and the challenges that people have in finding uh, the right talent and what the demographic challenges that we uh, that we face here in Michigan. It's a really important component to what we do. So, uh, never a dull moment across 
board. There's so many different doors to our organization, so many different ways that people get involved and reasons why they join. But at the at the end of the day, it's all about small business. Yeah. And I'm going to, we're going to break that down a little bit further, but I want to get, just because I know you personally from our legislative days, but originally you were in banking. Was, are you from Ionia? I forgot what city you were from. Yeah. From Ionia County. I live in okay. a little town called Portland and I spent about 10 years in the banking industry before I uh, got involved in politics. Well, in fact, you know, obviously that was very critical when we were in the legislature because I remember how good you were on sort of bipartisan issues because that was we were in that committee when the real crisis was hitting back in 2008 and nine, you know, and it was a real challenge. And I know our friend Andy Kaloris was the chair of that committee, but it was really a nonpartisan challenge back in those days. Yeah, it was a, a real crisis type situation, the Great Recession and the and the way that it just hit Michigan really hard. And it required a um, a set aside of some of the of, of much of the, the just the partisan rancor that exists so much in our in our system to deal with uh, the, the types of challenges that our our citizens and and businesses of all uh, sizes, and schools and local governments were facing. So it was a, uh, it's always been an honor and a privilege to serve in a, in a lot of different ways. But I think that um, that spirit of bipartisanship is something that really attracted me to, in post-politics, to the Small Business Association of Michigan, because it is a, a, an intentionally and, uh, and strategically bipartisan organization, because we really do believe that small business has support across the political spectrum people that are very liberal to people that are very conservative, uh, there seems to be an understanding and a support for small businesses and the and a recognition of the importance. It's not just a nice to have, but an absolute and essential for, uh, for there to be a thriving entrepreneurial culture and environment in every corner of our state. Yeah. And you probably don't remember, but I grew up in a small business. My family owned a bar and a restaurant, a bowling alley. So we were... You know, I can remember my family being really strict about never talk politics when you were working, right? And so we really were pretty like apolitical because, you know, you never wanted to upset the customers or anything like that. And it really, most businesses think that way still to this day. Politics is not exactly their primary focus. Policy might be a different exception, but the politics part, most of them try to avoid, at least from what I can tell. Yeah, and that's one of the one of the important roles that uh, that sometimes local chambers or that an association like ours can play. Uh, we want to make sure that anybody who wants to be at the table to talk policy, whether they're from the left side of the political spectrum, in the middle, or on the right side, that they if they own a small business, then they feel at home at SBAM because we're not about the party. We're not about uh, the the partisanship. Really, it is uh, to the extent that we're engaging with the government. It's just focus. What's good for small business? What's good for entrepreneurs? What what do we need uh, for success? And we're going to stay in that lane, and we're going to um, and and we're going to be positive and productive in our and respectful in our interactions. It's it's just an imperative. There's uh, there's a kind of a breakdown in the system and communities that happens when. Uh, when partisanship goes ahead of everything else. And uh, that's the that's the beautiful thing about small business and the culture among small business owners 
is that they're ingrained in their communities. They want to be respectful and responsive to their communities, to be uh, inclusive and welcoming to uh, to customers and potential employees. And uh, it all, I think that it's really a, a beautiful picture of what could be a great lesson in how to engage at a time when um, it just seems like the world has gotten awfully controversial. Well, I mean, even, you know, you're a former county commissioner, but more at the like city council township board, usually those people are pretty nonpartisan themselves. It's because their issues are really, you know, more like sewer, water, you know, basic infrastructure challenges most of the time. So they can't afford to like, if they're representatives of a different party, they still got to work with them. Yeah, and that's that's really where the rubber beats the road. When you're responsible for delivering direct services that people need in order to to uh, to survive and to um, and to be successful, things like making sure the roads are plowed and to have the the um, uh, the water and sewer system work and to have uh, and the trash picked up, all the all the things that just, they're just essential services, um, policing and. Um, and, and fire services at the local level, it really does usually uh, require people to work together across uh, the political spectrum. And, uh, and, and I think it's a, it's a good picture of just, you know, small businesses are also important local community members that are uh, very much focused on the, their, their constituency, their, their customers in a way that sets uh, the partisanship aside. So it's a, um, I, I think it's a, it's a good example at a time when um, rancor has, has taken over the political landscape. Well, in fact, it's funny, but when I was growing up, just about all the city councils, like I live down river Detroit area, most of the people on council were small business people. It was like, the person that sold the washing machines or the person that did tile or sold furniture. And I think it's really gotten away from that now because, you know, people are just afraid to run for office sometimes anymore because you get, yeah, you know that, right. And that's, that's an important role that, um, that local business associations and statewide business associations like ours can play is kind of like that, that shield, you still get involved, but not in a way that's kind of in your face uh, to, to be at a table, to speak into the policy system, to let let people know here's how this proposed policy would help or hinder small business owners without it being kind of under the label of the business itself. Because that is, I think that most um, most business owners these days still do want to steer clear of politics. It's not what they do. They're they're out there uh, serving their customers and creating opportunity in their uh, in their um, in their communities, and the idea of uh, offending or turning away uh, people because of uh, political activities is 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 not something that they would normally be interested in, in doing. But yet, the policy decisions have a big impact on their overall success, and uh, and so it, it is important that uh, business owners they tend to be very involved in things things that are important to their community but one thing i've noticed while i can't exactly point to where the income statement or the balance sheet it helps uh, to be highly engaged in your community and um, and uh, and policy discussions i have noticed that very successful people in business tend not to be bystanders they tend to be involved they tend to understand how decisions get made, who makes those decisions, why they're made, and how to put 
uh, input, how to how to speak into those uh, those processes where decisions are made. That's just a hallmark of very successful businesses, and it really does start with local community involvement. Yeah, you know, and I mean, even simple things like balancing a bigger budget than your own domestic budget, right? You you look at things differently because you have to look at strategically financing how you're going to survive as a business in the future. And you sort of apply that sometimes to the public sector when you can, like on zoning commissions or building committees and things like that. But yeah, it's a good, it is a good insight. Um, you know, just the idea of balancing a budget and there's got to be a reasonable relationship between money coming in and money going out. But sometimes you have to spend money to make money. You have to make investments and in things in order to set yourself up for success. These are all things that, you know, generally in, in, in one way or another apply to the public sphere too. Um, but I think it's also, um, you know, as we look at the bigger challenges that face small businesses these days, um, you know, a, a Workforce that uh, labor force participation rate been trailing off for uh, for a while now, a little less than sixty percent, and that's um, that means that business owners are, have got to be more um, have really got to be more creative. So sometimes it's offering more flexibility. Sometimes it's um, you know it's it's everything from uh, childcare options and, or uh, assistance with transportation. In some cases, uh, criminal justice reform plays. A, a role in this too, um, supported uh, employment for people with disabilities, in addition to uh, what we would consider kind of the typical or standard employment relationships. We see small businesses and entrepreneurs that are getting more and more engaged in workforce and labor force development uh, and understanding what are the hurdles that uh, that exist in getting people back to work and then also uh, being engaged and involved in upskilling of people. So you know, it's one thing to say, hey, I, it would be nice if I could just post for a job and people that were qualified applied for the job. But in a lot of cases, it doesn't work that way, at least not anymore. And so it, it more and more businesses are looking for uh, partnerships with, um, with organizations like the MEDC and Labor and Economic Opportunity that have workforce development programs where they can kind of take ownership and charge of, of upskilling their own employees. So making the time, the, the resource, the allocation for them to, uh, to grow in their career so that not only are they moving up the economic ladder, but they're also providing a tailor-made, if you will, workforce for that business. Uh, speaking of tailor-made, uh, it's too hard to ask you about your experience as lieutenant governor, but why don't you maybe just sort of filter that a little bit of how being the lieutenant governor helped you for this position at SBAN? Being a uh, lieutenant governor working in the executive office, and yes, that job has been in some administrations ceremonial, but it was uh, it was a workhorse position in the CIDR administration. So it was just part of the management team. And I had a portfolio of work. It included um, a couple of major rounds of tax reform, some transportation uh, uh, issues, including that uh, the Gordy Howe Bridge, which has been uh, it's now under construction, uh, connecting Detroit and and in uh, Windsor, uh, but but focused in on um, on the healthcare system, particularly healthcare from the neck up. So brain care, uh, a lot of disability advocacy, mental health, uh, addiction treatment. Uh, so it was a broad portfolio of uh, of work, and it gave intimate exposure to a lot of different areas of state government. So. 
now as um, or virtually every area of state government. So now as uh, as I work in, in SBM, well, a lot of what we do is really not connected to the government. But the part that is where we want to make sure that we're speaking into the policymaking system and and explaining what small businesses need in terms of an environment of success and how pr- proposals would would help or hurt uh, small businesses, it really has given a, just a, a wide breadth of uh, of contacts and knowledge and just how the mechanics work. And uh, and then that is leveraged to give small business owners a seat at the table. You know, I, I, I'd love to just, I, I, I'd love to advocate myself for small businesses, but what the, uh, and I've got a team of people that are really good at that, but what we really love to do is equip people to tell their own story into the system. And that's a, uh, I think that's where really something magic happens, which is uh, a, a person who tells their story and it connects into the policymaking system so strongly compared to a kind of sterile explanation of, uh, of an impact more broadly that a policy might have. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. We should probably get a little bit too of one of the reasons we wanted you to be on the podcast with Small Business Week coming up. Uh, how does that, why is that an exciting time probably for, especially an organization like yours? It's just a time where the the world can take this um, all this goodwill and um, and and understanding the importance that small businesses play and to to just elevate it to to have a week and say you know what this week we're going to go a little bit more out of our way to do business with more small businesses we're going to go a little bit more out of our way to recognize the the needs challenges the contributions and to celebrate that um, next week is actually. Um, I guess as this is um, is uh, being being broadcast this week, the 50 companies to watch from Michigan Celebrate Small Business are unveiled in this Small Business Week, and it's a a great opportunity to um, a great opportunity to uh, to look at these you know a, a lineup of these of these businesses that are doing amazing things, exciting things, and um, and to imagine what the future could hold, you know, even in, in a state like Michigan where we've got corporate giants that live, here, but all of them started as small businesses too. That's the exciting thing, you know. Uh, Dow and Kellogg, Gerber, Ford, Stryker, those might be like big multinational corporation names to people around the world, but here in Michigan, those are family names. Those are entrepreneurs that that started a small business and and they ended up changing the world. So it's exciting to think, you know, not every small business wants to get big like that, but it is really exciting to see like in the small business week and the 50 companies to watch are unveiled to, to wonder, you know, which of those are going to, are going to um, end up making a big like that. <laughs> well, just to speak from the restaurant pizza business, you know, if we knew a pizza wasn't selling, we just quit making it. You know, it's a lot easier to pivot sometimes too in a small business because you can see you don't have to wait for the bell curve to kick in to realize customers aren't buying something, you know, versus like a big chain sometimes. And it, it always helped us out to, to constantly be everything was temporary. We had to keep adjusting all the time in small business. Yeah, innovation is so is so important in uh in business. And that's one 
uh, one of the strengths, even with the big companies in Michigan, that they have supply chains, which include a bunch of nimble, innovative, smaller companies. And that's, in many cases, the secret to the success of the bigger company. They move faster. They can develop things faster. They can try things and see and pivot. Uh, it's a really important part. And whether you're talking about the corporate giants all the way down to uh, somebody just operating um, in, a, in a very local way on Main Street, that ability to innovate and change quickly is, a, is an important strategic advantage and a great service to the citizens. Yeah. And, and this question probably is a good time to ask it too about this during small business week is what trends do you see for small business? Obviously, like I said, they're not exactly an algorithm, but I think you probably at your position probably see trends strategically a little bit after talking to all your members, I would guess. Yeah. So a couple of things. First is that the biggest constraint does tend to be people. So not enough people like I could, I could grow. I've got this opportunity. I can't find enough people. Uh, that's why we're leaning so hard into a people agenda uh, at the, uh, at the association, just expanding workforce participation in, uh, in the state. Uh, that's definitely uh, top of mind. The rising cost environment has been a challenge. A small business owner, it doesn't have a lot of pricing power as a buyer or a seller. And so that's a um, that's an important um, factor to get that under control, and it does seem like maybe inflation is starting to, uh, you know, starting to uh, show some signs of of normalizing uh, here in the future. I think that'll be really important for small business owners. And uh, but one exciting trend that has happened is there just more new business starts since the pandemic. We have seen an uptick in new business starts, and. Um, that's, I think that's the most exciting. And I've seen like in the news to talk about, oh, they build a, a, a factory, a new uh, plant here or there. But the, what's more exciting to me than that is that just thousands of small, and in some months, literally thousands of new small businesses being formed. And uh, nothing would be, um, would is more exciting to me for our economic health and future than that. Yeah. And, and sort of like uh, as we wrap up a little bit here, but um Obviously, with 83 counties, you have members in every county, and you do get around a lot, I'm sure, in your gig, as you said. But um, what do you like best, sort of, as you travel around the state? I mean, obviously, you've had it, you've looked at the state in many different angles now. Um, what do you like, what, what do you think people, or yourself, why do people like to live, work, and play, and stay in Michigan? Well, Michigan has everything. It's got, uh, it's, it's got cities, it's got rural areas, it's got coastline it's got um, a, an abundance of fresh water it's it's got four seasons and uh, I mean it, it's like what whatever you want Michigan has it and that's what's uh, what's great is you can uh, people that are looking for all different types of uh, of lives can find it here in this state so that that's what I think serves us well is our is the diversity of the landscape the diversity of the communities the diversity of our people and uh, and so we've got a thriving immigrant population. We've got a, a thriving um, multi generational population uh, here that uh, that are all participants in the economy and uh, and built into our DNA is this entrepreneurial spirit. So we see optimism still, even among challenges and uncertainties in the economy more generally speaking, still among entrepreneurs, very very much optimistic about the future. And I think that really speaks to the strength of our communities more than anything else. 
Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. We just had a, a – I'm working with an intern who's from Slovenia, right, over in Europe. And he said that was his number one thing he noticed about Michigan is how much we're constantly like kind of – like not necessarily being fast, but how we constantly realize we can't wait for stuff to happen. And so we're constantly innovating. And that's funny. He just said that. He's only been here like three weeks. And he says that already about us compared to Europe, I guess, at least where he's from. But it's always a good comparative anatomy when you get to hear those things. Um, So anyway, I know uh, once again, I want to thank you again. Uh, You're president of the SBAM, Small Business Association of Michigan. Brian Kelly, former lieutenant governor. I want to thank you again, Brian, for taking time to talk to us today. Pleasure to be with you, Ed. Thank you. Join us next week, where our guest is going to be Neil Hawkins. He's the president of the Fred and Barbara Herb Family Foundation. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.